Hey, we're on a series of lessons uh, that we just finished again, as we mentioned a moment ago, called called generosity. And one thing that you'll see woven through uh, generosity and partnering with God and giving and stuff is that we find over and over in Old Testament and New Testament, you'll find a word that's kind of connected with it. And we just want to talk about that today as we, as we look at what we just celebrated uh, a couple days ago in America called Thanksgiving. So today I just want to talk to you about the power of living a thankful life. I want to talk to you about having a lifestyle of just being a thankful person. Um, I want to encourage you that it can't just be a yearly thing where, where maybe you sit around the table, and I don't know what you do before, before you eat or if it's a part of what you do that you ask people around the table, what are you thankful for? I, I think it needs to be a, a regular thing. I think it needs to be a daily thing. I, I think this being thankful, ha having a thankful heart and being, being a person that's full of gratitude towards God needs to be something that you incorporate into your daily routine with God. I, 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 I want to encourage you that, that what we just experienced here during praise and worship uh, is, is that you take this home. And so I, I want to encourage you when we come into the church, I, I want our church, listen to me, I want our church that when it comes to praise and worship, that you just sing your face off. That you lift your hands and you go home and you go, somebody says, you know, why, why are you so tired today? I, because I lifted my hands all day in church. Come on, somebody. Why, come on. You know, you walk home a little bit and you kind of go, hey, hey, why are you a little stiff? I was jumping up and down at church a little bit. I, I, I got a little calf strain this morning at church. Come on, somebody. Come on, everybody. That, that, listen, let's get used to that. Heaven's going to be a lot of shouting and praising and jumping and dancing for who Jesus is and what he's done. So let's start being that kind of person up here on this side of heaven, everybody. Help me out this morning. We said this even concerning generosity, and it's true with everything when it comes to the kingdom of God. Thankfulness, again, is something that's going to start in your heart, and it's going to come out of your mouth. A thankful person can never be a quiet person. There's no such thing as just as, as silent thanks. It's, it's got to have expression. It's got to have something that, that, that's coming through a, 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 a giving moment, a generosity that's displayed. But over and over we find from the scripture that thankfulness is expressed to God. I was reading this past week of, of a couple of different research articles. Let me give you one. A research from Harvard University found that gratitude is strongly and consistently associated with greater happiness. Gratitude or thankfulness is strongly and consistently associated with greater happiness. You want to be a happier person? Be a thankful person. Thank God for what you got right now. What, uh, when I went to Bible school, listen, Bible school back in 1982, uh, uh, I couldn't afford my own place because I was just poor. I was just poor going to Bible school. Uh, uh, my mom and dad actually helped me a little bit, get, you know, get into school a little bit, but I had to work. I had a part-time job working about 25 hours a week going to Bible school. And so I actually rented a room from a couple that was going to the Bible school and they were in a, a second year program while I was starting the first year program. Well, uh, uh, they were, were, were struggling, you know, they were in Bible school, both working full-time jobs, and, and later on she got pregnant, had a baby, and so, so everybody at Bible school that I knew, almost everybody was going through it. There were older students, you know, generally, I went to college for four years, and I went to Bible school for two years, and, and so I was kind of on my own, making it, and we were in a part of town in Oklahoma. Uh, 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 how many of y'all ever been in one of those apartments that were, there were more things living in the apartment than people? Come on, somebody, you know what I'm talking about? 
Come on, anybody, anybody ever been, maybe you're in one of them right now. That, 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 come on, uh, 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 you ever heard that song, The Freaks Come Out at Night? Come on, somebody. There were some freaky little bugs came out at night. And so, you know, in, in the apartment that I was living in, it was, it was um, let's just call it kindly, it was the Roach Motel. And so at night, no lie, I'm not telling, I'm not making up preacher stories now. Come on, I'm up here preaching. This is true. I, I, I'm, I'm sleeping at night many times and something would run across my face. Kimberly will tell you the story. She's not here this morning, but she, but she would tell you the story that, that when we started dating in February of 1983, shortly thereafter, I invited her over to my apartment. I don't know why. That was a bad move. And I invited her over to my apartment, and, and, and she sat at this little kitchen table, and, and I opened up the door. I, was, I, I don't know what I was going to make her because I, was, I didn't have any food. I was going to maybe get her some water. And so I opened up the cabinet, and when I opened up the cabinet, I saw things scurrying in there. And so I took her glass out, and I went over, and I walked, like, come on, as a gentleman, I washed her glass. Come on, somebody. And I cleaned it off with a towel, and I got her some fresh water. And she asked me later, how come you cleaned my glass? And I said, baby, there's just some things are too deep for you right now. <laughs> but I knew that if I was ever going to get out of the Roach Motel, I need to thank God for the Roach Motel. Come on, somebody. I need to thank God for what I had right now. So come on, regardless of what it looks like right now, God's not done with your current situation. Come on, everybody. He's not done. But we need to be people that give him thanks. Because you know, and I know, there's somebody that's worse off than you. So let's thank God for what we got. Psychology Today, I've got this for you here. Look at this. Psychology Today, I think we got it. We got it back there, gang. Boom, it's going to, there it is. Psychology Today said this, gratitude opens the door for more relationships. Hmm, they, they, this is a true study. It, it, it improves physical health. You want your health to improve? Get happy. Be thankful. It, it reduces toxic emotions and aggression or anger. You're an angry person. You're given to that. Start being thankful at the people in your life right now. Start being thankful about the job you got right now. Start being, come on, somebody. It, 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 it'll change the, the, the aggression. Uh, they said that it enhances empathy or compassion, that it gives you better sleep just being thankful. As you get in your sleep at night, you go to your bed at night, thank you for my bed. Thank you for these sheets. Thank you for this pillow. Thank you, thank you. Come on. It, it's going to improve self-esteem, being thankful. It's going to foster resilience when you go through major trauma, being thankful, statistically proven. Uh, there, there's many verses in the Old Testament mainly. You'll see predominantly in the 150 Psalms that, that, that we've got before us that we can read. But you'll see two main themes that, that it's listed about what to praise God or what to thank God for. Here's two of them. I, I wanna, if, if you don't get anything else today, if you'll get these two phrases, I think it'll help you and change your life. Here's these two phrases that we will see over and over in the book of Psalms. Here they are, number one. Give thanks to the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Would you say that with me? Give thanks to the Lord for his mercy endures forever. His mercy gives you what you don't deserve. So thank you, Lord. 
Every day, thank you, Lord, that your mercy toward me endures forever. I don't, I don't deserve salvation. I deserve hell. I don't deserve your grace. I deserve your judgment. I don't deserve your provision. I, I, I've left you before. I've thought crazy thoughts before. I've done stupid stuff. But you just keep chasing me down with your mercy. Thank you, Lord, that your mercy endures forever. Come on, the second phrase you'll see in the book of Psalms over and over and over is this. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Come on, would you say that with me? Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. What do you do today? What do you do when you go home tomorrow? What do you do this at the end of the year? Father, I'm just going to give thanks to you, for you are good. You broke down on the side of the road with the flat. Father, I'm going to give thanks to you, for you are good. Send somebody. Send AAA. Send somebody to fix this flat. You're good, Lord God. You never leave me. You never forsake me. You're a good God. Come on, everybody. Come on, church. God's nature is to continually be generous and benevolent and kind and good to you even when you don't deserve it. He's just good. Come on, His nature is good. So all that, when we come to church, listen, this should be a disco ball praise party up in here. Maybe not, but you get the point. We should just be praising God and worshiping God. And listen, it's not a Sunday calisthenic thing. It's something, you got to do this at your house. You wake up in the morning, thank you, Lord, for your good. Your mercy endures forever. Thank you, Lord, that you're kind, you're generous to me. You're benevolent toward me. You're great toward me. Your mercy is faith. You're faithful, Lord God, to me. Thank you, thank you. Come on, everybody. Let it be. Roll out of your heart. Roll out of your mouth. Because your heart is filled with gratitude. It'll start changing your perspective. you start having better sleep. you quit being anxious and upset and angry all the time. You start getting some other friends attract to your life because negativity repels. But graciousness and thankfulness, it just causes people to come towards you like a magnet. Let's be thankful people. Come on, poke your neighbor and say, let's get thankful. For the last several weeks, we've given you some homework assignments concerning the Word of God. Here's your homework this week. And listen to me. I, I, for some of you, you just, you just have struggle memorizing scriptures. I'm going to give you two scriptures out of these three that I am confident you're going to be able to memorize before you leave church. Because they're very short. Here we go. Let's read it. Come on, one, two, three, read. Rejoice always. That's, one, that's actually one verse. Pray continually. That, that's another verse. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What, 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 what's God's will? I, I thought God's will is whatever. No, no. Here's God's will for your life. Rejoice always. Rejoice. Rejoice. And I like what some old-time Pentecostal preacher said like this. You can't rejoice unless you've already joiced. Rejoice. Keep rejoicing. The Apostle Paul wrote this in the book of Thessalonians, but if you study the book of Philippians, you'll see the word joy or rejoice mentioned more times there than in the other book. And if you didn't know, the Apostle Paul wrote that when he, he was in prison. So here's a man in prison, but the surroundings of his life weren't in his life. 
he was overcoming that because of who was in him. He made a choice in all things to rejoice always. He made a choice always to pray continually. He made a choice in all things to give thanks in all circumstances. Like we heard early this morning, give thanks in the good times, give thanks in the challenging times. How would you do that? Give thanks on the mountaintop, give thanks in the valleys. Give thanks when it's going good, give thanks when it's not going good. Not because God's bringing bad in your life, but because you're gonna see God in the valley more than on the mountain. Come on, somebody. You can see him in the mountain, but you're gonna hear him clearly in the valley. Come on, everybody. And in the middle of it all, it's not, God, you brought this into my life. God, God, you're, you're causing the enemy to bring darkness in my life. No, 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 no. God, you're gonna use this for your glory. So I know the outcome. That mountain is coming down. That valley is being raised up. You're building up a highway for me, Lord God. So before I see it, I'm gonna thank God. Come on, church. Come on, church, I'm gonna thank God. I'm going to rejoice always. I'm going to pray continually. <laughs> I'm going to give thanks always in all things, in all circumstances. For this is the will of God for Mario, for Tina, for Jim, for Rosie. This is the will of God for Grace, for Brittany. Come on. This is the will of God for you personally in Christ Jesus. Let's be people who continually give thanks. I really believe this could be your superpower. This could be your, everybody wants you to eat greens, and I'm down with that. I juice, and I'm down with trying to eat good and eat healthier and all. But, but this is my spiritual superpower, that it changes me. It works in me. It changes my focus. It causes anger or aggression or crazy emotions to be subsided. Because in the middle of it all, I know as I give thanks to you, as I rejoice always, as I pray continually, and in the middle of it all, I know that you're changing me and you're changing my circumstances. So when it comes to in the room, come on, when it comes into the room and when it comes to you at your room, I want to encourage you. For you personally, tell God, tell God, express in words to him what you are specifically thankful for. I say this all the time, you, you know, uh, with, with, um, with, with the, my, my kids, my grandkids that are, that are young now, and they'll say, Poppy, I love you. I say, why do you love me? Why do you love me? Just don't tell me you love me. Why? Give me something that I can hang my hat on of why you love me. And, and, and when we come in the room, let me encourage you. I know, but I, I, I'm loud in my praise over here because I'm loud in my praise in my car. I'm loud in my praise at my house. Well, I'll walk around my house and I'll just start lifting my hands every day and, and praising God and magnifying God. That's not a preacher thing. That's a Christian thing. Come on, church. That's a believer thing. I just want to thank you. Come on, come on. You ever go to a stoplight or around here, a stop sign, maybe a stoplight, and, and you look at the person on the car next to you, and they're just, they're, they're just, down, they're singing it. Yeah, yeah. Dude, whatever. That's me on the Christian side. Come on, somebody. 
we need to, we can control our environment and we can just be a person that just continually gives thanks to God. So, so let me encourage you when you're in the room, when you're at your room, express in words to him what you're thankful for. Lord, I thank you that you saved me. I thank you that you delivered me. I'm remembering when my, I was busted up and you healed me. Lord, I was looking for a job. You got me a job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, thank you. Man, bring that personal application to your thanks. No generic thanks. Don't give me a Hallmark card, God's saying. Tell me what you're thankful for. Thank you for my wife. Thank you, Lord God, for my kids. They're crazy, but they're my kids. James 1.17, great scripture. James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Listen to me. Everything you have right now in your life is a gift from God. The car you drive, the clothes you got on, the money in your account, that 401k, the condo, the apartment, the house, it is a gift from God. It is given to you by God. We've understood that when we talked about partnering with God. Now, what we know is this, that without gratitude, you're going to become proud. You're going to become arrogant. You're going to become self-centered. This is the progression of someone who's living a life without God, without knowledge of who he is, without living a life and a lifestyle of thankfulness, without gratitude. You're going to become proud and think you got what you got because of who you are. And you got what you got because of your education or your network or your hard work. And I know you've done all that. But at the end of the day, listen to me, God could suck the oxygen out of this life, out of this earth, and we're all not here. He is the giver of life. Every good and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. He is who he is. He is who he always will be. He is good and he is deserving of your thanks and your praise and your attention and your worship. So understand, understanding this, it's not who you are. It's not what you've done. It is by grace that he has saved you. He has given you life. He has given you strength. He has given you breath and he deserves all our praise. Amen, everybody? So we just thank him. We just thank him. We just thank him. Thankfulness just keeps our heart right in relationship to him. Man, you know and I know some dark times in our own lives that, that it looks like and it seems like God's not there. It seems like he's distant. It seems like, like some, somebody said, like, the heavens are bronze brass. My prayers aren't going up. That's when we just decide, I'm going to praise you and I'm going to thank you by faith. Regardless of what I see, regardless of what I feel, I know, like the song, I forgot who said this. It was a Job. I know my Redeemer lives. I know. I know he's alive. I know he's working. I just can't see it. 
We sing the songs and we forget it by the time we get to our car. Come on, church. Come on, church. Let's be people. When we're thankful, it's going to stir up every good and precious gift in your life and the word that God's given you. The Apostle Paul, who wrote about two-thirds of the New Testament, writes in Romans chapter 1 about a fourfold progression away from God. You, you, you might not have read that recently, but I'm going to look at this one scripture in the middle of Paul talking about the degradation and the, and the, 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 the animosity against God and mankind, the, the sexual perversion, he'll go on to list there that we won't talk about this morning, but, but talks about a fourfold progression away from God. It might, it might shock you at what he includes. That's why I want to read it. Here's what he says in Romans 1, verse 21. Because although they knew God, they had a knowledge of God. He's talking about people, just like me and you. They did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful. But they became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. How does a person get a darkened heart? It's because they have foolish thoughts. It's because they have futile thoughts. Because they have thoughts that are turned away from God. How, do, how did they get there? They were unthankful. They were proud. They were arrogant. They were self-centered. I got what I got because of who I am. Don't you know my name? Don't you know who I am? Don't you know the letters at the end of my name? Don't you know the hours that I've worked? Don't you know the company that I built? They didn't glorify God. They didn't know, even though they knew God, they didn't acknowledge him. And they were not thankful, not glorifying God, not worshiping God, not praising God, not honoring God, not thinking about God, led to futile thoughts and a darkened heart. People don't all of a sudden flip the switch and go from light to dark. It is a spiritual progression away from God that begins with a person here, he says, that has knowledge of God in some way, shape, or form, but they didn't consistently glorify God, didn't consistently thank God, and all of a sudden, a demonic thought would come into the mind and lodge in the center of their being, their inner man, their heart, that would drive them away from God. Paul says this again in 2nd Second uh, Timothy, I believe it's chapter 4. Let me just read you what he says. He writes to Timothy, Pastor Timothy, and he says, Men will be lovers of themselves in the last days, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Here it is, unthankful, in the middle of it all, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, heady, high, heady, traitors, haughty, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power, turn away from these people. In the middle of it all, this list, there's just this crazy little word, unthankful. Unthankful. Church, let's be people. Let's raise our children to be thankful people. If you want to, ooh, I could, ooh, sorry, I about said something nasty. If you want to just tick me off really bad, really bad, you want to tick me off, let me give you how you tick me off. Me to do something for you and you not even say thank you. You want to tick me off, you want to get under my skin, you let me, listen, can I say this? 
women, let me just let me, let me get on the women, where I hold the door for you and you walk in with your little bags and you just get on down and don't even look and say thank you. You, you want, next time I'm going to slam that door on your, on, your, on your $850 little high heel shoe. Yeah, I am. How many know I'm still being saved? Come on, somebody. I am saved, but I'm still being sanctified. Come on, everybody. I'm working out my salvation. This is like therapy on Sunday morning for me up here. I, listen, let's, let's be thankful people. Thankful. I, I, I know, listen, I, I know the waitress, waitress I, know you're, I know you're there, and I know you're paying good money, and I know it's her job, but just thank you. Thank you. And not just thank you, I'm going to give you a tip. Maybe I'm not going to do 20, maybe you're only worth 15, but you know what I'm saying? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be thankful. Let's be people that continually give thanks. Let's read two lengthy portions of Scripture before we wind up today. Is that all right, everybody? Luke 17, you probably thought already, how come he hasn't talked about this for some of you that know the Bible? Well, here we are. Luke 17, verse 11 through 19. Let's read it. Make some comments. I'm going to read another lengthy portion of Scripture and come back to this one because the second lengthy portion has something to do with what we're talking about right now. Here we go. Luke 17. Now it happened as he, Jesus, went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria. Samaria will be important in a minute. And Galilee. And as he entered a certain village, there met him ten who were lepers who stood afar off. And, and they lifted, they, they, all ten, lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourself to the priests. And as it was, as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God. And fell down on his face at his feet, Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, were, 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 were there not ten cleansed? Where, where are the nine? Hmm. Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner, this, this man from Samaria? And he said to him, he said to the one, he said to the man from Samaria, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you whole or well. Jesus is winding down his earthly ministry here at this time. He's on his way to Jerusalem. He's on his way to the cross. He's walking in the midst of Samaria. Everything Jesus did, he did on purpose, he did on point. And so I don't know where you've been in the last two and a half plus years with COVID and all the nonsense that's gone on and the mess at all. I just hope that you would lean in on God's faithfulness, lean in on God and be thankful and just say, God, you know what's going on. Lord, I'm going to give you thanks in the middle of it all. I, I can't figure all this stuff out, but I know that you've got a purpose and a plan for my life. Come on, everybody. Can we do that? Yeah. So, so this brother is, is walking. Jesus is walking in the midst of Samaria. And, and the Samaritans had nothing to do with the Jews because the, the Samaritans were actually half-bred, half-brothers, half, half if you will, of the Jews. They hated them. And so we, we, we find this encounter that always is so. Jesus does everything on purpose because Jesus knows there's ten lepers. He's being led by the Spirit of God. He's God in the flesh, and he's being led by God to be at the right place at the right time. 
And there's these 10 lepers. And Jesus, anytime Jesus is, is working in your life and moving in your life and touching your life, it's for a purpose. It's not just about healing. It's something much deeper than healing. It's not just about the provision. It's something much deeper than provision. It's not just about the answer. It's something much deeper than the answer. What you're going to do since you've received. What you're going to do since he provided. What you're going to do since he healed you. The ten lepers recognized Jesus and asked him for mercy. Evidently, they knew that he was a healer. And what we surmised from this encounter was that we don't know if there were other Samaritans in that ten leper group. We know that the lepers would congregate together because they weren't, they, they would have to, every time that they would walk into a, uh, the outskirts of a city, they weren't welcome in the city because they're lepers. It's a very contagious disease. And so they would congregate together and, and they would go from place to place and people would bring food out and take care of them, etc. Uh, maybe there were other lepers, or excuse me, other Samaritans of, of the ten, but, but only one that we know of, and, and the others we assume were Jews. So maybe they had heard that Jesus was a healer, and Jesus tells them exactly what to do. Go show yourself to the priest. Go show yourself to the priest for your cleansing. And, and interesting, just an interesting side for some of you, is that if you're struggling with healing in your life, if you're struggling with, with even the, the understanding or the knowledge that will God, listen, any time in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that anybody came to Jesus asking to be healed, he never said no. He always said yes. Jesus didn't heal these guys instantly. We know that. He didn't heal them instantly. Told them exactly what to do. Required them to obey him. Go show yourself to the priests. Go show yourself to the priests. The Bible says as they turned, as they went, they all were cleansed. So what we do know on the healing side is that when we act on the word of God, it releases the power of the word of God. Amen, everybody? One out of the ten lepers, realizes, I'm healed. Uh, the, the skin legions are gone. M maybe we know a body part, ears, nose, we, we know that, has holes and is missing. And, and they're looking around at one another. And they were all healed as they turned. One came back. We'll talk about that in a minute. One came back. The one that came back, there were several things the scripture that we just read said he did. So what we know from what this Samaritan did is this, is that thanksgiving means this. It's returning. Thanksgiving is returning. Listen to me. Every day you get up, you're returning back to God. Thank you for this day. Thank you that you're my savior. Thank you that my, you're my healer. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you that you're my leader, you're my guide. Thank you that you're the captain of the host of the, uh, of the angels of heaven. Thank you that you're my protector. Thank you that you're my blesser. I'm returning again every day. Thanksgiving is returning. Thanksgiving is vocal. We know. He came back glorifying God. Thanksgiving glorifies God. It's not silent. It's not silent. There's no such thing as silent praise or silent thanks. And what we find out is that thanksgiving is a posture. He fell at Jesus' feet. 
he bowed down at Jesus' feet. It could be hands being raised. It could be kneeling. It, it, he, his face was to the ground. Thanksgiving can be a posture, but Thanksgiving will always require me to return. It turns my heart. We could say this in, in, in this way. Thanksgiving is daily repentance, if you will. I'm not going to go my own way. I'm not going to do my own thing. I'm not my own source. I'm not my own supply. I'm, I, I, my, 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 my own mind isn't strong enough. I'm returning to you before the day begins to give you thanks and praise. Man. I told you I'm going to read in the passage of Scripture lengthy, so thanks for hanging with me for a few seconds. Earlier, ten chapters earlier, Jesus goes to a Pharisee's house, and there's a woman who's a sinner, the Scripture says, and he comes in and stands behind Jesus, not in front of him, but behind Jesus, and she's crying her eyes out, weeping. And she's washing Jesus' feet with her tears. And her hair evidently is lengthy, and she's wiping Jesus' feet with her hair. She's kissing his feet, and she has anointing oil, and she's washing his feet. In the time of the Gospels and the Bible day, feet were the dirtiest part of any person. No paved roads, they didn't wear socks, etc. Sandals that were dirty, filthy. And this woman, who the scripture says is a sinner, comes behind him, not even worthy to come in front, comes behind and does this. Jesus then tells a parable because the scripture says that the Pharisees and everybody in the room were thinking this. It's interesting. Scripture says this, they were thinking this, they didn't even say it, yet Jesus knew what they were thinking. So Jesus starts this story, and he says this in Luke 7, 41. Jesus tells a story, and he says, a man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to another, but neither of them could repay him, so he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. <laughs> Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon, this was the Pharisee, says, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and he says to Simon, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered into your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet. But she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss. But from the time she came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head. But she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love. But a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. Can somebody say amen? amen. What's, thanks, what's thankfulness look like? It looks like just like this woman. It looks like 
us bowing our heart, it could be a physical posture, coming to Jesus and speaking and washing and anointing. You're the anointed one. I'm so thankful that you're my Savior. I'm so thankful that you're my deliverer. I'm so thankful that you went to the cross for me. Your God took on flesh. They pierced your hands. They pierced your side. They pierced your feet. They put a crown of thorns on your head. You spent three nights and three days in the center of the earth to bear my sin. You took my curse. I am thankful for you, Jesus. Can somebody say amen? Jesus is telling us at the start of the parable that the person who recognizes how much they need Jesus is probably the person who thanks and worships him the most. That I recognize you. I recognize who I am. I recognize what you've done. You've been great to me. You've been good to me. And I'm here every Sunday, and I'm here every day at my house and I'm just going to lift my hands and worship you because I recognize that you became man and you took my sin and you graciously, gratefully, mercifully keep chasing after me. Sometimes when I'm running from you, you're running after me. <laughs> that one stupid sheep. Have you, have, you, have you guys seen that little IG post? Maybe there's an IG post. I wish I could find it and play it for you. You know, the Bible says that we're all sheep, sheep of his pasture. He's a great shepherd. But how many of you know that, that if, if you study sheep, sheep are stupid? Sheep are some of the dumbest animals. God didn't call us hawks that can see far off. He didn't call us, you know, little, little uh, prairie dogs up looking around. He called us sheep. And there's a meme. I wish I could find it. And th th this, th this guy has this sheep. And this sheep, this sheep is stuck in a crevice. And, and the farmer, the rancher, the shepherd, he, he goes over and he gets the sheep by the back of the legs. And he pulls the sheep out of the crevice. And he finally gets out. And the sheep kind of shakes. And the sheep bounds off about three bounds. And he jumps right back in the crevice. Guess what the shepherd does? The shepherd keeps coming, pulls him out again. Come on, somebody. Anybody want to lift a hand and just say, thank you for pulling me out again? Amen. Let's go back to those 10 lepers. What would cause nine lepers not to come back? What, what would cause them not to come back? Maybe they were entitlement mentality like we talked about maybe they're proud maybe they're arrogant maybe they were Jewish folks which they probably were and thought well gosh I, I, this this is owed me I, I'm a seed of Abraham I'm a child of Abraham healing belongs to me and okay like okay you know but they didn't even come back maybe entitlement maybe like we talked about from Romans 1 maybe just an unthankful spirit but but the Samaritan this half-breed comes back and the scripture says he thanks he, he thanks God now, now, lest you should slip and not remember this part of the story, is that when the Samaritan comes back, he got close to Jesus that the other nine never did. Listen to me. Thankfulness brings you close to Jesus. 
prophetically speaking, these nine were the nation of Israel, unresponsive to Jesus, ungrateful for who Jesus was as Messiah, as Yeshua. And interesting, again, we've just read the account, all, all, all 10 of the lepers cry out loudly for mercy, but only the Samaritan praised God loudly when he returned. We have no account that any of the nine, even from afar, praise you, Lord, praise you, Messiah, didn't even say anything. Let me ask you a question in closing, challenging closing. Are your thanks to God for what he's done as loud as your cries for help? I've had some loud cries for help. Lots of cries for help. Help me personally, help us in our church, help things in my family, help things in finance, help things in my body, crying out. But, but have your thanks for what he's done been as loud? Jesus tells that guy, go your way. Your faith has made you well. All, all scholars believe, listen, all scholars believe that one Samaritan got something the other nine didn't get. Jesus said, go your way. Your faith has made you whole or well. Listen to me. The nine received healing in their skin. But the Samaritan received healing in his soul. Thanksgiving <laughs> changes you on the inside. It just causes you to be appreciative. Thank you for this old broken down car, Lord God, that gets me from point A to point B. Thank you, Lord God, for where I'm living right now. Thank you, Lord God, for my job. Thank you for my family. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This made this brother whole. The word saved there is sozo. It's this great word. He's saved, healed, delivered, transformed. He's preserved, protected, delivered. That's what this word means. He got it. The other nine didn't get it. They got something on the outside. He got something on the inside. Listen to me. The inside change is way better than the outside change. Amen, everybody. Listen, show thanks. Show thanks. Show thanks. Show thanks. Show thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks. Be filled with thanks. Just be a person filled with thanks. Keep showing it. Keep being generous. Keep giving. Give thanks to people. Be gracious with that. Uh, and just continually be filled with it. How you do that, fill up your tank every day in the very presence of the Lord. And you're going to start seeing something happen, listen to me, in your spirit, your soul, and in your body. Anxious thoughts will go. It'll start working in your body physically, we know from studies. Things are going to start happening around you, in you. You're going to be a magnet for new people. Come on, man. If, if you're looking for a husband, you be a thankful person, you're going to get a husband. Come on, somebody. If you're, if you're looking for a wife, woo, come on, be a thankful person. You're about ready to have a wife. Now, now, now make sure that you're single if you're looking for that now. We ain't talking about a new one. Come on now. <laughs> Got to, got to qualify up here in church this morning. And then some of us this morning, listen to me. You might say, Pastor Gary, that's great. Love the message. But you just don't know. I got lots going on, and I've not seen it yet. Listen to me. 
that's where we get the opportunity to be thankful by faith. Faith sees into a realm beyond the natural. So I see the situation changed. I see the circumstance completely different. So right now, I choose to lift up my eyes and say, hallelujah. You're a promiser and you're a performer and I'm the believer. So I'm gonna thank you, Lord God, for your goodness and your generosity. Amen, everybody. Come on, let's clap unto the Lord, all the people of God. Come on, come on, everybody. Come on, stand up, would you do that? Come on, God is good. Father, we pray to you right now for every person in the room that we just have a spirit of thankfulness and generosity in our appreciation to you. We wanna be like the Samaritan, Lord God, who didn't even have a covenant with you, but returned and gave thanks. Let us return every day, all day. Let not a day go by that in morning, noon, or night that we're just not expressing our gratitude and thank you and thankfulness to you. And be expressive in our thankfulness for people around our lives. Father, I thank you for this church. I thank you for every person on the dream team, Lord God. I thank you for those teaching the kids ministry and the youth ministry and the tech in the back and the musicians and the, and the ushers and the greeters. Everybody doing everything that helps build a great church reaching people, Lord God. Thank you for that. Thank you for those that give and sacrifice and pray and serve and, and are generous with their resources, Lord God. We're thankful people. Father God, let this not just be a Thanksgiving message one time of year toward the end of November, but a heart of generosity that we have towards you in gratitude. We're grateful. We're grateful. So we're gonna rejoice always. We're gonna pray continually. And in all circumstances, in all things, we're gonna give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. All over the room while your head's bowed, your eyes closed. Come on, give everyone the right to privacy online as well. You're here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you're away from him. Maybe you found him as a young child. You served him, but you walked away. Today, I'm asking you, would you walk back in? Would you open your heart and let Jesus be the center of your life again? Or maybe for the first time. He'll take you right where you're at and he'll change you you'll start recognizing you've got a lot to be thankful for. We don't want to have futile thoughts and we don't want to have a darkened heart. So we're going to be thankful that God gave us salvation. I, I see that. I want to understand that more. So all over the room, your heart's turning to the Lord this morning. I'm going to count to three. If that's you want to be included in this prayer, you just lift up your hand at the house as well. We're going to pray for God to work in us and God work through us as we turn our attention to the Savior. Come on, when I count to three, you want to be included, just lift up your hand. Come on, one, two, three, all over the room. All over the room. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. You that raised your hand, let's say this out loud. We're all going to pray this out loud. You follow me. Say it with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you right now in Jesus' name. I'm a sinner in need of a savior. So I believe in my heart and I say with my mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead. Be my Lord, be my savior forever and ever. I repent 
I changed my mind. I changed my direction. Fill me with the Holy Spirit and I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Come on, clap, everybody. Let's just thank God for the people that prayed this morning. Come on, let's just thank God for that. Come on, everybody. That's what we do. Thank you, Lord, that you save people. Thank you, Lord. He's good. Come on, everybody. Let's shout.